just realized right after I asked you to sing it in that it's coming off of James <laughs> the intro that's <laughs> 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 okay oh, well. right. whatever we'll yeah we'll see how it sounds yeah anyway so Leah how you you usually ask me how I'm doing but uh, I'm gonna flip the script today how are you doing today yeah why don't you think a little bit more about me and a little less about you you, your name comes first in, in, in everything. <laughs> what do you mean in everything? Yours, no yours says, come first in the alphabet. Okay, but whenever, whenever mom introduced us, she says, these are my daughters, Leah and Ellen, because that is a better flow. Because well, you don't want to end with, a, with an I, you want to end with an N or something uh, like harder. I, see, I disagree. I think it's also more about uh, our ages and who came first. She's saying it in birth order. You think, mom is, um, you think she's, we have, we'll have to ask her, mom, are you, are you considering it? Do you only think of us at, in terms of our ages? Like, are you only ever thinking of us? Like, she doesn't um, say like, this is my first daughter, Leah. <laughs> second daughter, Ellen. Well, it might be, this is my favorite, first favorite, and this is my second favorite. Wow, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, that's the persona that we've established for me on this podcast, so I'm going to breathe and do it. There's no we here. It's you establishing over and over again that you are a bitch. I don't know. You see, you you certainly help. You certainly help. You don't shy okay. away from it. You affirm. That's true. Um, but we're not alone this this week, are we, Ellen? No, that sounds ominous. We are not alone. Um. You're not alone. <laughs> That's that. That sounds more like our paranormal episode. We're not alone, everybody. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we no, are. you're right. We we are. We, well, we, I'm not gonna have this fight again about ghosts. <laughs> but, uh, yes, we are joined by uh, one of my best friends uh, who is here uh, to talk to us today about our episode theme, which we'll get into. But first, welcome everyone, Juliana. Hello, Juliana. Hello. I am Good so day. excited to be here. We're excited to have you. I mean, I feel like I we scheduled I scheduled you like a month ago and I'm like it's going to be so long before she's on the podcast and yet here we are. Finally have Time isn't a thing right now. That's right. That's right. That's uh time is an illusion. <laughs> oh, oh, I feel like that was maybe a Freudian slip. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that's true and that's right. <laughs> 
push them together. Yeah, what an insult. You you invite somebody on your podcast and then you call them trite right out of the gate. Well, we do have a history of antagonizing our listeners. So it's true. I think it's, yeah, I'm sure you, I'm sure you've been hurt many times. Many a a time. Personally (laughs) attacked. Um, But yeah, I've actually been pretty nervous about coming on because this is the big leagues. And yeah. um, Yeah, we have about like seven people who listen to every episode. So (laughs) Dom, my partner, was saying, you're going to be so bugged out when you listen to it because you're talking to two Midwesterners. And I was like, what, what do you mean? He was like, you're going to hear your accent. And I was like, what Um, accent? I have no accent. (laughs) I still don't really think I have much of an accent, but maybe I, you, you, we'll find out. Where where am I supposed to be? I maybe hear some like different intonations, but I'm Mm. not sure how to place it. I mean, it's all I'm it's Philadelphia. I would never have been like you have such a Philadelphia accent right I don't I think my parents I grew up in um what I thought was South Philly but really it was just south of South Street (laughs) Um, so most people do not consider it South Philly and um I started picking up more of a regional accent and my parents were like nope 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 they're not from (laughs) Philadelphia (laughs) uh, they, uh, tried to pull the plug on that pretty quickly. But in any case, so yes, you are from, oh gosh, where did you start when you started introducing yourself? You were from Philadelphia (laughs) (laughs) and you said you were nervous about the podcast, but it was, so who, so who are you though? Like what's, how do, not, not like (laughs) in a psychoanalytical way, but, Um, um, how do you, who, who are you in relation to this podcast? To this maybe. podcast and to <laughs> Ellen. So Ellen, um, Leah, I'm an, an, an admirer from afar because I think I spend so much time with Ellen that just by proxy, I'm like big sister Leah. Um, but I, I met Ellen at school. We were both studying history at Temple University. And I took a class with her called Jewish Power and Powerlessness was a really rad class mm-hmm. it was a great and class. um and uh we I was pretty intimidated by Ellen because I was like oh dear she's super smart and as soon as I feel like I'm not the smartest person in the room I'm immediately scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh we should cut that part but <laughs> but in any case um I think sort of after that class somehow we just started hanging out. And Mm -hmm. then when Ellen moved to Indiana to go be really cool so I could brag about her, (laughs) um, we decided to keep up with our weekly happy hours just via Zoom. And you're probably the person that I talk to the most. Sick, honestly. Even (laughs) even including people in Philadelphia, except my, my mom and my partner. Okay, right. That's which is totally understandable. I think, yeah, I think if I had to if I had to think about it for a second, I'd say Danny was number one, then you, and then Leah, because Leah admitted that we don't talk every day. We only talk five times out of the day. Five times out of the, you said we only talk five. Well, I was averaging. I was averaging. I would say we definitely touch base most days. 
Okay, well, I'm just a little offended now because I thought <laughs> that we were, it was kind of like a best friend, best friend situation where it's like, we, you're the person I talk to the most and then vice versa, but then here we go. Uh, I mean, we're not on the same uh, playing field. Is that what's going to happen when Mary comes on? Because I don't know how often you talk to Mary. Like, I, I could not make a guess. Not as much as you. Okay, so, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. But Listen, often. I'm happy Colin to and I don't talk against. every day, but we right. talk for a significant period of time every week, except this past right. week. So this is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it worked well, out. I'm happy, and- I'm happy for you, both of you and your friendship <laughs> with one another. You sound really happy for us. Even, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, even with the podcast where we meet for like five hours, like each weekend. I guess, I guess it's just like, that's new in relation to the year that Juliana and I have spent like every single week talking to each other but I would say because Lee and I Lee you and I have like very we have we don't have as deep conversations we have like very like 20 minute interactions on average which I love um I'm what I'm trying to say is like uh give me family time the way you give Tom and Brian family time (laughs) oh that's that's fair yeah Brian and Tom are definitely probably uh, at the top of my list behind lid for sure so that's fair and, and I'm behind Brian Tom or yeah as a combined unit <sighs> here I am I'm after Juliana so I don't know what you that's you want that's for me numbers, also you're just like three. oh also when we talk it's really it's really shallow and we don't really <laughs> it's it's, it's listen, never listen. about anything meaningful I don't know how meaningful you can get when we're talking about backsplashes that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that is merely what I'm trying to say. No, it's, it's fair. It's fair. Or mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. Or Taylor Swift, right. Listen, all I, <clears throat> deep down, this podcast was, was really just a way so that we could start talking together very deeply Aww. on a semi-weekly basis. Yeah. So I it's working. That. Well, there you go, listeners. This is all actually just a a way for us to become closer. So the joke's on you. Yeah, the joke's on you for enjoying it. Uh (laughs) Anyway, Um, sorry. Yeah, so Ellen, what are we we doing today? Oh, that's a great question. Well, (laughs) uh, let me me see if I can not make such a hard left like the last time, the paranormal episode. Um, Well... Since you are a fan of this podcast, I wouldn't say we have a fandom yet because I feel like <laughs> an average of seven people is not a fandom, but many podcasts do have fandoms. It comprises me and your mom. And, and Mary. And Mary. Mary. And James, yes. I would say. And James. It's like four yeah, solid I'm, devotees. Right. Finding out that some people don't listen to it. Uh, oh, and Michelle. Michelle started uh, listening to it little bit of a read on Tom who did not who definitely didn't get references that we were dropping from previous episodes so yeah he he was a guest on the podcast so that's how special Tom is that he could be a guest and not really listen to the podcast right but Um, yes thank you for that yes so the segue work we're going to talk about fandoms today so yeah there we go fandoms there's your (laughs) segue (laughs) um I did want to make a correction that actually we have an, an audience our, our our statistics um our our analytics uh on our podcasting 
service says that we have an estimated audience of 25 people. So, right. Yeah. It's not bad. Well, I just, yeah. I'm, I'm silent applauding. That's yeah. great. So yeah, you all think you can think you're special, but <laughs> you're, you're one of 25. <laughs> Which is such a big number. I mean, we can, we can distinguish. It's really hard to, to count up to 25. <laughs> um, but yes, fandoms. Yes. Ellen, so, give, mm-hmm. give us a little intro. What What is a fandom? So, well, I, I was actually going to ask you guys, um, do you guys consider yourselves part of any fandoms or have you ever felt like you're part of fandom? And by that, I can give you a definition. So someone Please. who who would consider themselves part of a fandom would be someone who engages with a piece of art, fiction, um, any kind of media. I mean, although there are fandoms even within like, um, like even within academia, um, which isn't great, but there are certainly people who are fans of people. But uh, so anyway, it's, it's you engage with this, some piece of media or something. And then on top of that, you go the extra mile to engage with other people who are also interested in that piece of media. That's what I would consider a fandom. So that's why I make the caveat that I don't consider myself a Swifty because I don't interact with other Swifties um, because they are, what? Except for you? (laughs) I'm not a Swifty, (laughs) but I do think we seek each other out to talk about Taylor Swift, so. Right. Right. But yeah, I, so I wouldn't consider myself because I don't, I don't like interacting with them for many reasons. Same the reason I would not join a K-pop fandom for fear of being doxxed and murdered. Um, so, which is, <laughs> you think they are very intense. Um, but yeah, so with that said, do you guys feel like you've ever been part of a fandom? Um, I'll go, I'll go first. Yeah. Um, so I actually, it's funny because I'm on this episode, but I don't think I've ever been a part of a fandom. I am, um, just to put put some context out there for why I'm on this episode, I am a massive Harry Potter fan. Huh. It is something that is hugely important to me and um, that I have engaged with far too frequently and on probably way too many deep levels. But it is not something that I've ever engaged with, with others. It's Mm. just like a deeply personal thing for me. Um, And so it's really, really not something I would consider. I would like, I, yes, I'm a Harry Potter fan, but like when um, Universal Studios first opened the Harry Potter rides and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. I the remember the world of Harry Potter. Exactly. There, there we go. Thank you, Leah. Um, <laughs> I was hesitant to go initially. I said I didn't want to go because I didn't want to see other people there. Uh, I was like, this is mine for me in my world. Mm-hmm. And it will be terrible for me to go. I think they had Hogsmeade first. And I didn't want to just go and see all these other muggles walking around (laughs) that would be terrible so (laughs) for my um my 21st birthday my parents got my brother and I tickets to to Florida um and 
we went and they got us those sort of early passes so that we could, I could go a little bit before the main crowd to try to get a little more of the feeling of being there on my own, which made it acceptable to me. But yeah, it's very, very much something that I, I don't seek out other, other people with. Yeah. Shoot. Well, I did. I was (laughs) intending for this to be an outreach program, like (laughs) for you to engage with other Harry Potter fans. I will. No, and I should say I have, um, since starting to listen to um binge mode Harry Potter, which Mm -hmm. came as a recommendation from Ellen, but I think through Leah. Yeah. Um, I. That that definitely expanded my Harry Potter universe and was my first way of in any way interacting with the fandom. And I'm I'm more open to it. Um, yeah. We'll get to the misscribe thing, but I couldn't, Ellen, I could not finish the video. <laughs> I was like, this oh, is too toxic. Right. This isn't Harry Potter. <laughs> right, it's it's rough. It's a rough ride. But Leah, mm-hmm. sorry, you were, you were gonna say? Yeah. No, yeah, oh, I just think, yeah, that's interesting. Um, just yeah I definitely can relate to some of that I would say that if I was ever going to identify as part of a fandom it would definitely be Harry Potter um but I I don't get on like I mean maybe when I was a kid I would get on like message boards or like Pottermore and kind of like poke around and talk to other people but for me it was yeah engage often engaging with any sort of pop culture or literature movies, whatever, is for me like a relational activity with people who I'm already in relationship to. It's not like seek, I'm like, oh, I want to meet other people who love this thing. It's like, oh, people who I love also love this thing that I love. And then it like deepens our connection with each other. So like with Taylor Swift, it's like, oh, I've gotten more into Taylor Swift because Ellen likes Taylor Swift. And then it's something for us to talk about together. And the things that you see in it, enrich how I experience it and it's just like this thing that we can bond over um and that's what Harry Potter really was for me because like all of my closest friends in high school um yeah we're really into it and then I'm still friends with them so we would you know we went to like we would have parties we you know would wait in line at midnight we would go to all the movies together and it was just like a thing that we really nerded out and we still nerd out about together so like even listening to binge mode was like a recommendation from Mary LaFere. And <laughs> um, uh, I just love that she's like this, this like recurring character she on the, sh- on the character. show, also a real person. Um, but anyway, she had recommended it to me and then we'll like, we would, we would like talk about episodes or like reference mm. it together. So anyway, it's, it's always about being in relationship to people in my life. Oh man. That's interesting. Um, oh, well, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to apologize because I feel like I derailed us completely. No. Um, well, I think it was a good derailing. Okay. We're already talking about Harry, but I do, I do think it's interesting. I mean, does, does it, does the episode have- <laughs> I just have- poured my wine into my tea. Oh, oh no, no. Sorry, we can cut this, but I literally, I had half a cup of tea and I just poured the rest of my wine into it. Maybe but, this is how like wonderful new inventions are made. Mistakes like no, that. No, it's and... gonna be gross. <laughs> I'm gonna. I have, I have other stuff to drink. But I'm... No, I can't do it. Wait, it doesn't do smell. It. I just, okay. just want to know what it tastes like. I mean, hot. I mean, oh, it's not that bad. 
it, oh, it was wine? green it was green mint tea mm, what kind of wine pinot noir it's like it's, weird. It, it's it's i was gonna say it's like someone heard about kombucha but didn't know what it, <laughs> it actually was there was like maybe <laughs> is, it, is it pinot noir and mint tea <laughs> I'm healthy now. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Nope. Nope. That's gross. I don't think we're gonna cut that. No, we're keeping <laughs> that, in. That was funny. Um, so I yeah, what I want to clarify is I think we you originally, Ellen, structured mm-hmm. this episode as our creative director as fandom, but maybe we just think of it in that in a very like loose way. Like, I think you probably, and I guess the question to you is, are you a part of any fandoms? Mm -hmm. My guess would be yes. And then Juliana and I are like kind of fandom-ish, fandom adjacent adjacent, when it comes to Harry Potter. Right. And I, well, and really what I was trying to do is like, it's kind of much like the, um, probably uh, like the paranormal episode where it's just like, the discovery comes in like where we both are on the spectrum mm-hmm. and where that like wh- and what questions come along with that because like yeah in juxtaposition to you two like you guys are like normies like you would I don't think you've ever gone to a convention <laughs> <laughs> no it's fair it's fair it is it is it's very true a couple things on that one oh, uh-huh. uh I did go to a con with you that's true uh, you did come to a convention with me uh, not really because I was invested in the convention itself, although I did enjoy the Lord of the Rings Hobbit stuff. That was a lot of fun. Um, but what I was going to say is that what I learned from this QAnon docuseries, Q Into the Storm, mm-hmm. uh, I recommend it, is that they refer to non-believers as normies. So now I'm like, oh my oh, god, we have, no. we have to either reclaim that word or like strip it from our vernacular. Damn it, because you don't I'm okay with letting it go. I mean, that's fair. And also, yeah, it is it is annoying. It's annoying when when terms get co-opted and we're stuck with, you know, it's it's like the Wojak situation, which is another online thing. It's just like the things that we Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's I guess what the point I was trying to make is that like you guys can probably engage in Harry Potter and engage in like or any other kind of like enjoyment of media. Like I know Juliana, you you have a series of books that you like, like beyond Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And there probably is a fandom that is solely created around them, but you don't like your next step is not to engage with the people who also enjoy that because you get at, you get enough out of the experience itself. Whereas for me, when I so Leah, you had a group of friends who really loved um like Harry Potter, but when I really got into Sherlock Holmes and I tried to share that with other people no one wanted any part of that and so I had to go online to find people. Ellen your introduction to fandom was through Sherlock Holmes? Yes I lament the fact that it wasn't through Jurassic Park but yes it was so so the 2009 version of Sherlock Holmes starring Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. Um, I went to the movie. snap the sexy sexy one. Yeah very sexy that I went to the theater I counted. I went and saw it in theaters no less than 13 times. Wasn't Rachel um, McAdams in that one too? She was. Ooh, yep. swoon. Okay. Oh, no, it was, it was, oh, and, um, oh God, what's, he played Lord Blackwood. Um, like a lot of the good actors, like good 
you know, the Guy Ritchie, like, bullshit way that he filmed stuff wasn't over dot, overwrought or overdone by this point. Like, it was, it was new, it was novel. Uh-huh. So, and I, but I remember driving every time I would go, because I would go to a late show. I would, like, I would be the only one in the theater. And that was, Wait, like, so how many times? 13. I paid, I paid four, I paid 750 to get the ticket. And then I paid 750 to get popcorn and a drink. And so $15 all together, but like I would go, it was like probably the last, it was always either the second to last show or the last show. And I would sit in the middle and I would just like, and because I always, I was so amazed by like, I'm like, how did he do it? Because I hadn't read the stories before. I'm like, how did he know? Obviously trying to figure that out through a movie is stupid, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I loved it. And also I remember my favorite part was driving um, because this is when our parents had a different car. So I wasn't driving my van at that point. I was driving their car. And so I would just blast Kesha's uh, TikTok every time I went. Because it was always like on some satellite radio station. And I was, and so I associated that song with the movie. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And Mm-hmm. I do want to emphasize how intense of a fandom it was in that I'm pretty sure you like built out an entire like friend group just yeah. from a, like a Sherlock Holmes live journal like thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the, which I mentioned before, it was, or I don't remember what episode now. Um, it was the, oh, it was with Scruffy, um, the Sherlock Holmes kink meme. So like on live journal, a big, huge thing that happened uh, very early on, which is where Harry Potter, the Harry Potter fandom kind of got its start too. Um, well, it didn't get its start. It gravitated over to LiveJournal. Um, but you could create an entire community on LiveJournal and you could all be part of the community. And what you did was you either submitted art, fan fiction, or in, or interesting facts that you found out about like either the, the movie that was coming out because you could get, we knew way ahead of time that there was the BBC show Sherlock coming out in 2011. Like we found that out sooner than other people did because someone was working on production. Like that's how intense the fandom could be. Yeah. It was just like, you just found stuff out because if you were- Can I ask read- in the yeah. fandom community, was the, that upcoming show at the time, was it looked on favorably or were people like, oh, fuck this. Benedict Cumberbatch is going to destroy <laughs> this role. I, oh, so here's, here's how you, here's what happens in fandoms typically. So what happens is I would say there was a very positive people because the last time a TV series had been made was in the 1980s um, with Jeremy Brett, who I personally think has been the best person to ever depict Sherlock Holmes. Um, the the uh, Granada, it's called the Granada series. You, it goes on and off Netflix. I don't know where it's at now. I don't think it's available anywhere, but if it does come available on storming, streaming services, I 100%, oh my God, what a, like he embodied it so well. And like their Watsons, there were two Watsons in that, that show. They were okay. I liked the actors, but I felt like they didn't find the right person for Jeremy Brett, but that's just my opinion. Um, but so like, since there hadn't been a TV show done in like 20 years by that point, they people, or 30 years really, people were really invested in having 
like a, a new show and because it was it was being pitched as a modern day version which typically is like modern AUs AU being alternate universes in fan fiction is very popular there's Lord of the Rings has it every fandom has one um oh. but like for Sherlock Holmes to be in the present day was novel very novel for a tv show oh. so um <laughs> the thing about fandoms also is that Typically, when you find out that someone like Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman are going to be in it, what a fandom person will do is go back and watch their entire filmography. So like we all watched Benedict Cumberbatch in his period pieces. We watched Martin Freeman in The Office and his pieces and anyone else, the minor, the like minor characters, we found their projects, watched all of those and then decided they, they got it. They're totally <laughs> going to do well. So and did, yeah. did people and then after it came out, did people like it? It was the most pop. Yes, it's it has if you if you want to go by like I guess you guys don't know about Super Hulak. Um this is like Super a what? Super Hulak. <laughs> no. Oh my god. <laughs> um uh yeah, it it was to say it was popular was an understatement. If you were to go on to like something called Archive of Our Own or AO3, um you would find and look up the BBC Sherlock version of those fan fictions. They probably have the most fics written about it. So like more than the 2009 version, more than the Granada, more than like any other version. Oh. It's probably the BBC Sherlock one. Mm. So it was massive. Like, holy shit. Like it was a cult. It's a phenomenon. Um, <laughs> Yeah. can I just I I'm like googling I often have to do this in conversations with Ellen like she'll just drop something I'm like I have no idea what that is um usually I just make you just explain it but I just googled super hulak and the first the top definition on urban dictionary says the first line is a fucking terrifying fandom <laughs> if, any, <laughs> if anyone mentions it run <laughs> You guys should, should kick me off of this podcast episode. Get out of here, Ellen. But just so the listeners know what I know now, which is that, right, it's a, I, yeah, you could probably get it if you know anything about anything. <laughs> anything about anything. Any, well, actually, anything about anything related to fandoms, but it's Supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock all mm. in, in one fandom. Supernatural had a fandom? Oh, oh yeah. my oh my god oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a show yeah. on like the wb right it was a cw yeah C- oh, oh you are right it did it lasted so long that it went from the wb to the cw like that okay. didn't change i i never watched it because i typically i'm the i'm the uh advert where if something is very popular and and i discover that it's popular before I discover the thing itself I will not engage with it so like I didn't know Sherlock Holmes was really popular um like there was a huge fandom already to it I discovered the movie discovered I mean like I watched the movie and I was like oh I should go and seek out and see if there's anyone else who cares about it and then Mm -hmm. found it so same thing with like the Marvel movies like because like yeah Iron Man had been big but um it didn't start to coalesce like the MCU fandom didn't really come about until the 2011 movies so that was back-to-back Thor and Captain I think we should Earth. explain MCU yeah I was gonna say a little Marvel, Marvel Cinematic here. Universe right yeah the Marvel Cinematic Universe which is which has grown 
exponentially since Iron Man came out in 2008. Um, it's a really interesting, like, kind of thing. Like, it's a, in Robert Wait a Jr. second. Was, Wait a second. It started with Iron Man? Yeah. I guess I'm surprised that, what about Spider-Man? No, because Spider-Man is owned by Sony. So Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe refers to the people who own Marvel. So Marvel, Marvel was its own entity before it became part of Disney. So it, so Marvel had to sell off its properties because they were losing money because comics weren't popular. But like after the nineties, like really in the nineties, comic books completely took a dive because like the storylines were really stupid and, and everything. And so yeah. um, Iron Man and like Captain America, like some, a lot of these properties, Thor, those weren't the popular ones. If you think of the Marvel universe, yeah, you think of Spider-Man. Like Marvel, Spider-Man is the big one. So they sold the property IP of Spider-Man to Sony who has held on to it for a very long time. Oh, and that's where we got like the Topher Grace. Right. It wasn't Topher Grace. No, was it was though. No. No. <laughs> but they, I often confuse them for one another. Wait, what? what is his name? Tobey Maguire. To- okay, but doesn't he look like Topher Grace? Yeah, what, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Just there are, to there be are a clear, white guys, oh, yeah. white, white actors, specifically mm-hmm. men with short hair, that yeah. I have real trouble telling. And Matt Damon and um, Marky Mark. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. 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 Bunch. Or one, one of um, or two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's okay? So. Toby Maguire was in Seabiscuit and Topher Grace was in that 70s show. Is yes. that the distinction? Okay. Yeah. In any I case. Think, in any case. Which is yeah. But yeah. that's it to to dial that back. Yes. It, that the reason is that the Marvel Cinematic Universe does not include it doesn't include two properties. It does not include the 2004 Incredible Hulk with Adrian Brody. And it doesn't include the um uh 2001 and 2000 the all the sam rami version of spider-man those do not count as the marvel cinematic universe because they were not produced by marvel um yeah wow, i had no idea about that distinction yeah well, i just, just assumed like, it was all anything marvel related mm-mm. was in it no nope it definitely because like that's like saying like technically the dceu which is the uh dc comic extended universe and the, the it's cinematic universe, the DCCU, um, it does not. <laughs> I know. Um, the Do the Christopher. What? I was I was just imagining we need some sort of like nerd sound that we could just like <laughs> insert into the podcast. Just, just someone like screaming nerd yeah. <laughs> over this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the Christopher Nolan Batman series does not count in the DCCU. Uh, really? Because the Christopher Nolan, because there's no connection to them and the people who are producing. So like anything Zack Snyder has touched is considered. So the DCCU actually starts with, um, uh, what is it? It's Superman, the first Superman movie. I've not like, watched like, like the, any of those. The first, first Superman. No, like no, no. The, okay, Zach, Zach Snyder, uh, the one with Henry Cavill. Yeah, sure, sure. The Snyder <laughs> of Zach Snyder of the Snyder Cut. Correct. Yes, yes. That's the person. That's what the Snyder Cut is referring to. It's his vision of what the Justice League movie was supposed to be. 
and his he's essentially like the person who has been given the title or like the I don't know blank check to create whatever Justice League movie he wants or any movie with Justice League members in them so that's why um but yeah no well because like, don't forget there was also the George Clooney the Val Kilmer and like um Batman and there's yeah like there's tons of Batman movies from the 90s and there's the Catwoman movie um with um Halle Berry uh, yeah with Halle Berry so it's just like but the end oh and Daredevil with Ben Affleck so it'd kind of be weird if he was both Daredevil and Batman <laughs> like yeah, that's that would make sense so that's why so like a unit the cinematic universe always starts at a particular space depending on who's making it so yeah that's why like i don't consider i know people think that the suicide squad movie is part of the dccu and it is but it's so terrible that no one should be subjected to watching it for it to make sense Anyway, yeah. that's... I wish we had somebody here for you to talk. Well, I kind of do, <laughs> but I also like... Uh, there's, there's no one here to respond to your... I, my, lament, my lamentations, yeah. yeah. You have free reign, though. You, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna contradict you. That's true. true. Well, I was gonna ask if you guys had any questions about... Like, I feel like I'm the... Instead of having <laughs> experts on every week, I'm just... It's like me. I'm the expert on whatever niche thing it is. And then, Leah, that's why we got to start asking you about public health, since you're the expert. Please don't expose the limitations of my public health knowledge. Um, um, I'm going to start after I finish my most recent round of re-listening to Harry Potter. I'm going to start listening to um, Binge Mode Marvel and Ooh. watch rewatch the marvel movies so mm-hmm. maybe we can talk after that that'll be interesting maybe I mean, not on the podcast just in person sure um well since you brought up harry potter mm-hmm. <laughs> um, bringing it back to harry potter bringing it back to harry potter which is really what this episode should be about um, <laughs> oh my god um but i mean obviously we can't talk about harry potter these days without saying just a blanket fucking rolling like Mm -hmm. not interested in supporting her whatsoever god no um so i said that the obligatory dunk no it does it does have to be said it's Mm -hmm. it's tough it is tough and it uh, really sort of dashes my hopes for um, like an eventual Harry Potter TV series or, you know, like a limited series. Yeah. I don't want they, they are talking about one. Are they yeah, making one? They are making one. Yeah, they're but making... I'm not going to support it in the same way I would have. Yeah. Right. That's fair. I will say I have, um, I don't know. I feel like Binge Mode had a, a name for this, but maybe Ellen, you can help me put a name to it but I'm basically somebody who is only interested in the the like first seven books movies is it yeah. can- but like is it canon. fantastic but fantastic beasts is also technically canon no, I don't it's, think so it's extended universe it's extended universe uh, okay. it would it had to have been part of the original seven God. yeah like cursed child not canon no fantastic I mean, beasts no. Although I feel like be, I feel like Binge Mode actually does say that Cursed Child is technically canon. 
it's, it's I, in, oh, I actually think there's a running debate. Yeah. Between yeah. the two hosts. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's canon in the sense that like the person who created the property is like saying it's canon, but at the same time, I feel like because it also deals with, because like, like for me, a canon, canon means like the, it's the foundation, it's the baseline. So like all the Sherlock Holmes books, the short stories are canon, uh-huh. but um Sorry, I am. I appreciate Grayson just see Grayson licking my arm. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's my cat, by the way, for for the myriad listeners. Yeah, not just um, not just someone named Grayson. Not licking not a person named Grayson licking my arm. <laughs> licking. <laughs> um, you're right, but can yeah. So like any uh, addition to that original, like yes, it becomes canon because it is accepted into that universe, but. I would say like anything that's pre, because it's not the cursed child. I mean, the cursed child is about um, Harry Potter's children. It does nothing to, I mean, it's about, so it's about him, but I think I agree. And same with the Fantastic Beasts that happens before the events in Harry Potter. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there is a debate, but that's helpful. I do think of those myself as extended universe now that you've given me that language. and I am definitely, yeah, just not interested. It's like the the core uh, canon is what I've always been obsessed with. And I, re- I feel like the other stuff just tends to detract for me from it. But I think it probably also has to do with like my age and when I was reading the books and then when by the time, you know, those extended universe things were coming out I was like in my like mid-20s and I was Mm kind of like eh never mind (laughs) like this is about uh, in a lot of ways is about nostalgia for me so yeah no longer nostalgic yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely same page and I actually find myself actually even when the later books were coming out I felt obviously Mm -hmm. they're canon but like Mm -hmm. I felt sort of affronted by them and I've been I'm actually I, I listen to them on on audio it's like a comfort blanket for me Jim Dale nowadays he does I'm a stressed. great job yeah I just I just listen exactly I listen to the books um sort of on loop and um I am really enjoying the later books now in a way that I did not when I when they first came out and I when I was reading them initially um I was basically the sort of the same ish age as Harry Potter and the main characters as they were coming out. Yeah. Um, well, the interesting thing is I would say the same thing, but we're clearly uh, not the same age. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, when I read the first three, I was probably nine, around nine. So a, a bit younger, mm-hmm. but as you know, the books would, some of the books took a couple of years in between to right. come out, which is like, laughable to think about that being a long time now waiting for game of thrones but um uh you know once in a while it would be two years in between books and and that sort of extended it but um yeah yeah i for me the early books as sort of where they laid the groundwork of the world itself Uh were Mm -hmm. so important to me and i really didn't care for the plot like oh. I, I didn't care. And I, I was like, why are you bringing in something called the deathly hallows at the last freaking second? No one cares. <laughs> I, you know, I was not happy about it. I didn't like Dumbledore being, you know, uh, I, now I'd call it a more multifaceted character, 
Right. But you to me, it was just like desecration. Good. You know, it right. just it felt like pointless, um, sort of terrible, terrible stuff happening to my to my characters and the world that I loved. Mm-hmm. So I really only liked the first few books. I and well, I, I I loved all of the books, but the as the later ones came out, I found myself being sort of affronted by what was happening. Fascinating. Um, now I love them and I can, can appreciate yeah. the sort of layered right. aspects of the story. And I think it's, and I'm so grateful that they exist because I wouldn't be able to enjoy it as an adult in the mm-hmm. way that I, I do, um, because yeah. I can listen to them on loop and find new things to appreciate about them. There's um, a lot and that wouldn't on. be possible otherwise, but yeah. Oh, I see. So like your, your like original experience of it was exactly my original experience did not like the later stuff certainly would not I did you know didn't like the movies I really didn't like anything but um what what to me because when I first started reading them I was in a school that was really tough for me I had sort of an similar to Ellen's middle school years a tough time Uh, Mm -hmm. my own version of the potato years and I was (laughs) I was pretty severely depressed and didn't do a lick of homework, but did a lot of reading of whatever I wanted to. And a lot of that centered around Harry Potter and just sort of staying up till Mm -hmm. five in the morning. And it was a form of escape. Um, So I think that's why I never wanted other people. I never wanted to engage with it with other people because it was just, it was my personal world that I could go away to, but it's been so fun now to explore it really through binge mode, but also just talking with other people is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that brings up an interesting, I mean, that thing about fandoms and like what it, who, who is interested in, in fandom and which ones and like it, yeah, I do feel like it has to do with like what it means to you as, I, yeah, the things that I've become really attached to um have so much to do about like how they came into my life when they came into my life who they remind me of um and what it says about like a piece of my journey Mm. um Mm -hmm. and and certainly I think in a lot of uh, ways it's like yeah self-soothing like has like yeah Harry Potter has certainly or what when you were talking about like listening to it on loop I mean something I'm definitely a part of a fandom of is the office Ditto, actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess that, that's really <laughs> there must be some sort of like yeah continuity there. In I just feel like there's a lot of overlap between Office and Harry Potter fans, um, <laughs> in so. people that I know. Uh, the same people who mean... are obsessed with Harry Potter are obsessed with The Office. Mm-hmm. You mean like basic people? Is yeah, that... sure. Yeah, like normies. <laughs> normies um, like us. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah a lot of it is like escapism like self-soothing like just like a a place to go to feel safe and Mm -hmm. you know surrounded by something familiar and like a very comforting experience yeah Mm -hmm. that's wild that you just mentioned the office because I think if there were the tv show version of harry potter for me is absolutely the office and I think that's true for so many Mm -hmm. people yeah Mm -hmm. um you know, there it's, I am not alone in being able to quote a ton of office things or compare any situation to something to that happened on the office. Yeah. Yeah. Rid of all of my friends, but, um, <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. 
Um, but Ellen, that's interesting that there's that kind of overlap and maybe it is about being not nerds that, that those are like more acceptable <laughs> mainstream fandoms to be a part of. Uh, but I see you as somebody who appreciates the office and maybe like enjoyed Harry Potter, but those are definitely not the things that you got into. They and were, I'm curious well, why. Oh, well, so for Harry Potter, it was, um, I tried reading the first book in fourth grade and I actually stole the first book from Mrs. Smith's uh, fourth grade classroom. Um, and and Mrs. Schmitz. I mean, it's such a... <laughs> It's, it's a, a generic name. It's such yeah. a generic name. Um, you're right, though. I should come up with a fake name. Well, we don't know if that's a fake name or not. Um, our <laughs> listeners will. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, I stole it from her. Her name is still on the bottom of our first, uh, of the, the book itself. Like that first Harry Potter book. Like it's like written in permanent marker. Um, I tried reading it and I was like, I, I think I've told you this and I've told Leah this. I'm not a huge fan of fantasy which is mm-hmm. seems really mm-hmm. weird for to people when I tell them that I'm into all this other stuff but that like fantasy was never my bag um but uh so I wait so like I waited and then I, I remember I remember being at like Katie Phelan's house one time and we were all sitting down and like Leah's group of friends was like they were talking about the I think it must have been the fifth or I think it was the fifth book coming out fifth or sixth book whatever one that was coming out when they were in high school and them being so fucking excited and the, just like talking about it, like nerding out about it and me just being like, oh, uh-huh. Yep. And then they, and then they had, they went, they were asking everyone like, oh, they're like, go around the circle and tell me what your favorite part of like book four or book three was and what you hope is going to happen in the next book. And I was just like, I hope Harry Potter shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to like admit to this group of people that I had never read them and then like they were you know I I remember everyone just kind of like going around and saying like oh my god you have to read it so good and just like I was just like "Mm mm-hmm yeah I I have no I have no memory of this and I'm like trying to like search for a context in which you would have been hanging out with me at Katie's house I got dragged there a couple times like it was because I remember it was you Katie Phelan uh Mary was there Kelly Crowley was there and just like a group of people who loved her. I think, I think this was after a race. This was after, remember the oh. women ran, it was either the Clark Lake race or the I, ran through hell race. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Clark Lake. I actually have a specific memory of that. And we, yeah, I think Mrs. Phelan made us pancakes and they were like exquisite. Yes. And you yelled at me because I changed my shirt and you were mad at me because I was changing my shirt in front of everyone. And there were like guys around and just like, my shirt is gross and they gave me a shirt after the the race I don't want to leave can I just and you were just like stop doing stop taking off off your shirt I wasn't like you know taking it off you know the whole yeah it was a whole thing but all I remember was the Harry Potter conversation the run and you yelling at me about my shirt (laughs) wow yeah I'm sure there were many moments like that Uh, tough associations for Harry Potter there oh yeah yeah maybe this is why I sent you I ruined it for you no 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 I just didn't I wasn't I, I knew it was also your thing kind of like Lord of the Rings like you would go at midnight with dad I think and or yeah and I was like I didn't want to ruin that I didn't want to insert myself into something that seemed like it was just be, you know something con- you connected with him with um well, but then in, you definitely inserted yourself in there eventually yeah after you faded away I retook the uh I retook the, the mantle, mantle. Yeah. 
and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I took the, what do we, oh, it's Dante. I thought you were showing us a, a video of Lou pooping and I was like, why are you showing this to us? It's Dante, her cat. Her cat Sorry. Uh, and Lou, the dog, not he, a he's human. Just look, he's, just looking, he's, just, he's just looking so cute on the 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 table. Do you see, do you see the black and the white? Mm -hmm, yeah, it's mm -hmm. the cat. Yeah. Hi, Sorry. cutie. Sorry. I totally derailed it. No, it's okay. Um, no, I wasn't what I was gonna say was I uh the week the seventh book came out, I just sat in my room and I read every single book and the took yeah. week. Wow. So it was every yeah book a day. I just read it, and then I was what? and I was just yeah. I was like, well, I didn't really really have anything else to do. And I, was I just mean, like, I just couldn't. I don't think I would have been able to read. I'm a slow reader, though. Uh, I think at that time I was just like able to because this was also the time like Twilight was out, and I read mm -hmm. all of those books like yeah. very quickly. I consumed them, um, but I just like read it, and I was just like, okay, well, I guess that's what all the hype's about. And then uh, I. <laughs> And then I never saw the movies either. I've never oh, seen all really? of the movies. What? Yeah, that's I've seen okay. Some of them. I feel like there must be something about, I mean, again, about nostalgia, about like growing up with it. And also just like the anticipation of waiting for the books to come out. And the fact mm -hmm. that you just like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Scarf them all down in like one well, week. Yeah, well, because like, my friends like Robin, my friend Robin was very into it at the time like in from like fourth to sixth grade like she would want us to pretend that we were in the harry potter world and i had no context for what that meant <laughs> You're like, what? and so we would constantly like all i remembered was like the train and i was just like yeah we're waiting on the platform <laughs> to get on the train <laughs> <laughs> You're like i know there's a train <laughs> and oh and also getting into a fight with stephanie trujillo who was my best friend in fourth grade because she pronounced Hermione's name Hermione yeah. and I had to like go and get the fucking book and like read it out a million times and this I hung up on her on the phone um <laughs> that probably is what have destroyed our friendship but yeah wow so, Hermione wow yeah I do remember the mo like the time when like before the movies came out or like mm -hmm. before something was released on the internet of like how you pronounce Hermione's name and I remember being like is it I think I had been reading it Hermione for like mm -hmm. the first three books mm. rough but, yeah, um, that's, mm -hmm. but you just didn't get it you just didn't get into it no I just really just did not see the appeal um I couldn't get it I couldn't get past the first page it was just like oh there's people dropping off a baby okay <laughs> my sure. partner will not read it oh <gasps> I mean he he's not been into it and then you know since the recent jk rowling stuff has come out he's mm -hmm. like well no i'm really not gonna read it so mm -hmm. uh, i can't really fault him for that one so i don't, yeah. I don't know i guess we'll just have a <laughs> a uh stunted relationship no i'm just kidding just kidding dom if you listen <laughs> to this something that's worked for me well my partner definitely read harry potter but maybe hadn't finished the series when they were mm -hmm. younger. And I just started listening to the audiobook like around the house and then Lid like would get into it. So I, I recommend just like, oh, we're on a road trip. Well, let me just, I'm, I'm driving. I get to, you know, decide oh what gosh. we're listening to. Why not the first Harry Potter book? And then just see how it goes. Oh, I've done it. I've done it. 
<laughs> oh, it, it didn't doesn't work. catch on. No. Oh, no. no. And he likes fantasy. Mm-hmm. He likes fantasy. He likes wow. Lord of the Rings. Wow. Um, but not not Harry Potter. He thinks of it as just kids stuff, which I think is <laughs> incorrect. But. I agree. It's just what's well, well the fact that they call us like the Harry Potter generation. I I always felt that was like really alienating because I was like <gasps> I was like I'm not though like how dare you call me like something I'm not like I'm mm-hmm. I want to be known as like the Nickelodeon generation or something like that. No, I'm proudly I would much take rather take uh, Harry Potter over mm-hmm. the Nickelodeon generation. Um, in any case, um, so to kind of wrap up what we were talking about in terms of fandom, I'm sure you guys could, I don't, it's interesting. I don't know that we actually talked about Harry Potter. We talked around it, um, <laughs> but I'm sure you guys could talk about Harry Potter if I just left you to your own devices um, yeah. in, in any case. Um, but I was wondering what you guys knew about um, two terms. There are two terms that I'm very familiar with that you guys do not seem to be very familiar with, which the first one is called RPF or real people fiction. So if you did guess what the, that's actually about, what would you say RPF is? My guess would be it's like famous people, like people who are known and then it's like writing stories about them, like fanfic about them that is fan fiction. So it's not actually what's happened in history or in reality but it's using real people yeah yep that, yeah that's that that would be my guess too and that's exactly what it is and how do you guys how how do you guys feel about that like if there some people have qualms about it some people are very there are, there's a thing called the anti anti and pro shipper and that's currently a culture war happening just on the internet in general. So aunties are pretty much people who do not uh, like, like their, what's on the table is very limited. So like real people fiction, definitely out. Because that real person, if they're not dead, could find find that fiction written about them. But pro shippers are like, everything's on the table. I'm, I myself included, like I, if people want to write shit about me, they could write shit about me. Like it's fiction, it can't be hurtful whatever so yeah is the is the Mm anti-movement because is it out of fear that people would be hurt or or is there Mm -hmm. is are there people who are against it for historical figures they're against it i mean like it's a it's the umbrella it's they're against like um what's known as like um dubcon or um like incest and mm-hmm. like yeah not non like no smut well they're fine with smut but it has to be like so like um you know dubious and non-consent that's what don dubcon and non-con mean so mm. like dubious yeah in terms of like who's engaging in what in a fiction they're very much against bestiality is off the table yeah but I am they, so far mm-hmm. from being enmeshed in the fan fiction world that all of this stuff sounds fucking wild to me. Yeah. But I also, I mean, it's sort of like to draw a parallel to what we were talking about earlier. It seems to me like the extended universe version of like canon is their real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
than right. fan fiction about a real person would be their extended universe stuff, which like personally in the stuff that I'm really into, I'm lukewarm about, but mm-hmm. I don't think I'm bugged about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you would yeah. No, go ahead. I was gonna say you wouldn't mind like reading a fan fiction about like maybe like an alternate ending for like Jim and Pam getting divorced like no I would I would want to read that but that's not oh sorry they're they're not real people they're not no no no. I'm drawing a distinction so aunties are it's not like umbrella is not real real people fiction and then pro and anti-shippers it's all fiction all everything fictional characters and and they're against even fictional characters engaging in incest bestiality stuff like that or hurt comfort or like you know that someone getting physically or emotionally hurt they're not fans of that so their their kind of fiction is very limited but what i was going to say was like so if you're fine with like jim and pam but you wouldn't want the same thing to happen with uh like jenna fisher and um john krasinski you wouldn't want to oh, read, I'd read that i feel like that would be my dreams coming true (laughs) yeah it's true i i i would definitely read fanfic real person fanfic in which jim and pam yeah Yeah. exactly get together absolutely really because i I I hope that exists that it does it 100 okay (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah i mean to me it definitely seems like ah yeah, I don't know that I I have fully formed thoughts on this in a way that I would want on the internet permanently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Fair. but I, I yeah, I think I have a lot of questions around like what yeah, like for me it's like kind of comes up and we're thinking about like BDSM, like what's consensual, what's like yeah, play and then has an end to it mm-hmm. and is clearly like not about yeah is about people like living out their like sexual erotic fantasies in a way that's like safe and not harmful to other people mm-hmm. and I do think there is a question of like if you're using someone else's identity and like a, a real person in the world yeah I think I could I could get why there's a lot of gray area there I mm-hmm. wouldn't say like I'm anti-shipping entirely or at least if we're just talking about like yeah John Krasinski and Jenna Fisher getting together like yeah I would read that Um, (laughs) but like writing some fanfic about John Krasinski being into like a 13 year old I don't know that's definitely I think crossing a line for me right and I I would say like it's um it's interesting because like it's it's something I think you're right about the gray area because I think about a lot of the times like who, who was it um Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart dating or like in a more current example Sean Mendez and uh Camille Cabello like being in a relationship but that relationship not being like real like it's a PR relationship and it's kind of like well they're they're doing that to draw up support like they want you know because they know that that's what fans want they want their characters the characters they see on screen to translate into a real life relationship because we are fulfilled in some way because of that um so I'm like it's unfortunate that the media consistently or even like the people themselves like buy into that because then it does you know it really right it can encourage some like actual real life not good stuff yeah 
exactly. And I, it's not victim blaming the people who are doing it. It's more like, I feel like it's a game. If we want to stop playing it, it's got to be on all levels. It can't just, but I don't think, I don't think anyone from the office, although did anyone from the office date each other? Like Ed Helms or were they, they all were kind of married before they came onto so. the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. There were, there yeah. are stories of like um, crew members getting with each other. And wow. Like, um, but I don't know of any of like the actors, like on-screen folks who right. were in, who like became, like started a relationship on the show. Like, you know, like Steve Carell's wife was a minor character in the show, mm-hmm. but right. um, they were already together at that point. Gotcha. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, so like, it's not like, I guess like the other example would be Harry Potter, but none of them, like same thing, like none of them ended up together. Like um, Rupert Grant, I- ended up with some like random person right yeah I would definitely read fan fiction or there I think there's a secret hope for me that Emma um Watson Watson I was like stone 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 I can't get to Watson (laughs) Emma Watson and the dude who played Draco like they're friends in real life and there's part of me that's like oh Um, are they like together yeah Yeah. Um, Uh Yeah. yeah right right Felton 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 yeah that would be you think because they had a good they had a really good chemistry like for children like uh-huh. not well, chemistry, like, sexual chemistry I mean like acting mm-hmm. together right well and they like they are clearly friends in like a mm-hmm. social media world like they post about each other or like talk to each other and there's mm-hmm. like they're friends so then yeah there's part of me that's like oh I want my Harry Potter people to like be in a relationship <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I will just admit before we wrap this up, um, I have written uh, Real People Fiction before. Uh, and it was about this Whoa. because I was, I know because I was in the, um, what's it called? Uh, I, well, I wasn't in the Hamilton fandom, like the musical fandom. I was part of uh, the show Turn, Washington Spies mm, was mm-hmm. uh, a big thing. And so I was a big part of that. And in, in process of doing that and doing a lot of research on like the Revolutionary War, I started writing real people fiction about um, George Washington and uh, Hamilton and also um, Lafayette. So you can find those. If you can figure out what my name was, my screen name Ooh. was. <laughs> you want to you dive into it? Um, I was so, I was so curious as to what the relationship between Hamilton and the Revolutionary War and real people fiction was for the, in the show notes today. Oh yeah, so. yeah, that's why. Yes, I was a wow. I, and there, I, I tried to get into turn, but I I fell off after the second episode or so. It's terribly paced, it, and no one cares about Abraham Woodhull like what a obnoxious little character he was um main guy he's the main person yeah but uh yeah so if you if anyone can figure out what my screen name was or if you you really are curious I will send them to you but um I've written that in Sherlock Holmes Star Trek yeah I've written a lot of fan fiction in my time so someday I'm gonna read it all oh great well if you can figure (laughs) out what you can figure out my screen name somehow yeah but anyway so I think we're going to take a break and we come back um it's going to go into your court Juliana because we're going to go into our history section and this is the part where you're going to show up Leah just like I do every week so uh, we'll be right back (laughs) 
coming soon. Based on the hit television series, Knight Rider, starring David Hasselhoff. You got that right. And Mr. Feeney. Nice to have you back at the controls, Michael. It's the new, totally unauthorized fan novel, Night Lover. Terrific. From the pen of Leah Tereskevich, best-selling author of Transformers, More Than Meets the Heart, and Cars 4, Lightning McQueen slash Mater. Night Lover tells the age-old tale of love between a very sexy man and his robot car. After years of fighting crime together, Michael and Kit run into the one thing they can't fight, their feelings for each other. If I ever tell you, you got a pretty smart. Thank you, Michael. What follows is a modern romance classic that Newsweek calls a book, and the New York Times describes as a lengthy and apparently earnest account of a man fornicating with an automobile. Prepare to get wet, pal. I'm ready, Michael. TV Guide magazine hails Night Lover as literally just 300 pages of a guy f***ing a talking car, while Time magazine calls it super thirsty. Come on, give me maximum enlargement. My goodness, it's enormous. Night Lover. A tale of passion, stick shifts, and a gratuitously detailed sexual encounter wherein a human male inserts his member into various parts of a self-aware car. Look in the glove compartment. Including its exhaust pipe, the fuel tank, and a small tear in one of its seat cushions. I believe it's time for a strategic withdrawal, Michael. Knife <laughs> A slash fiction paperback. Available soon at your local erotic bookstore or wherever car pornography is sold. Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! Um, <laughs> well, Ellen, do you have a social media shout out for the episode this week? I do. Um, so my social media shout out is going to, oh, I didn't pull it up. Great. Okay. So my <laughs> social media shout out, if I have shouted out before, I apologize. I don't think I have. Um, oh, wait, no, I don't think I have. Okay. So it's called, um, the Pip Squeakery. Um, it's at the Pip Squeakery. It, again, if you really want to follow them, you can find them on my page. Um, but they're here in Bloomington. And what they do is they take in um, smaller animals. So like rabbits, gerbils, mice, rats. Yeah, like hamsters uh, and guinea pigs who have like uh, either their special needs or they've been in like traumatic. Like there was a couple months ago, there was like a group of bunnies who had been caught in a house fire. And so like they were like this um, like nonprofit took them in and then rehabilitated them and then like gave them back to their owner. But the, so they were able to cover the costs of like skin graphing and um, like helping them heal and like stuff like that. Um, and they're very sweet. And it's just like, it's really hard because a lot of people don't know how to take care of small animals. I highly recommend not getting um, gerbils, uh, hamsters, guinea pigs, uh, pretty much anything tiny. Um, I also don't recommend getting birds. Um, not because they can't be, you can't live with them, but because their care is so particular that it's just mm. like, you know, if you're not equipped to handle that, maybe don't. Um, but the Pips Creekery also offers like a lot of, um, great resources. If you do, like you're dead set on owning a rat, which would be cool. Rats are awesome. Um, but if you're dead set on it, they will help you um, in your quest to get rats. You should always have two. Uh, rats should never be by themselves. Anyway, so yeah, at the Pips Squeakery, um, they're constantly holding fundraisers. Uh, so yeah, that's my social media shout out. Mm -hmm. Nice. What about you, Juliana? About you? Do you have one? Yeah. Yes. Um, I've been waffling, but <laughs> ultimately, I think I'm going to go with um, it's an Instagram and mm -hmm. Her name on Instagram is at 
black and vegan spelled B-L-K and then and vegan. Mm-hmm. And she's got some great resources for vegan food recipes. And the reason I was waffling is because they're not like uber healthy vegan food recipes, but they are really accessible and they will taste just as good as any food that you would make with animal products. Um, So she makes gorgeous, really delicious food um, and great pastries. So she puts recipes up all of the time with videos and I highly recommend checking her out and trying a couple recipes out because it is fun and good for you and good for the planet and good for the animals. So any chance you get to have a meal where you try something new and leave out the animal products, um, I say go for it. But I also like approaching it with an eye for sort of keeping restriction out of it. I like to look at abundance and um, all of the options that you you have without animals. And I think she she does a good job representing that. So check her out on Instagram. Again, it's at BLK and vegan. Cool. Very cool. All right. Um, all right. I didn't think I had one, but then I was scrolling through <laughs> my Instagram and I've decided to shout out Xena uh, Warrior Princess. Um, Ellen, do you follow Xena? No, I don't think I do. Oh, really? Okay. It's just like, it's very like the, the the like tagline is niche lesbian content (laughs) um and it is very much that but it's just like very queer women like centric space um and uh the person maddie who runs it has a book that came out that's titled the ex-girlfriend of my ex-girlfriend is my girlfriend which is just like (laughs) again just like niche lesbian content just like very Mm -hmm. classic um so anyway at zener but it's spelled warrior like w-o-r-r-i-e-r so the w instead of an a or an o instead of an a okay and an e instead of an o anyway how do you spell warrior (laughs) (laughs) you'll find it you'll find it it's like xena warrior princess like like someone who worries yeah exactly okay gotcha um yeah so there you go uh, wait y'all I'm your... sorry go ahead, Leah. No, go ahead no 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 go for it I just I'm so sorry I know you can cut this if, if you want to <laughs> but I just thought of another one that it's just so topical that I must share it um if go. you're not following loquacious literature and you're a Harry Potter fan oh. I highly recommend checking it out um she's a cartoonist I said I don't know if that's the right uh terminology for somebody who draws comics she does beautiful renditions of um scenes from Harry Potter all canon and um it's just great so if you're a Harry Potter fan definitely check that out it's really wonderful oh that's very exciting I I just found it and now I'm gonna go for it yeah have have fun have at it just go through (laughs) (laughs) nice well I think so I think that about wraps it up right yeah nice well um it was amazing to have you I wish we could have this conversation this conversation could have lasted (laughs) many hours Um, it it certainly could have 
but maybe we'll do another one without without people listening to us <laughs> yeah for sure yeah we'll circle back for some more yeah. hp content right for sure um but yeah thank you so much for coming on today um we'll definitely have you on back on the podcast um we'll have other hopefully. fun things to talk about exactly um but thank you again for joining us and uh leah uh you want to give us an outro um yeah we made it weird we made it weird goodbye <laughs>